Sorry about that. Here we go. One, two, uh, uh, uh. Welcome, everybody, to Hollywood Godfather Podcast, and this is a special podcast. Thanks to all of you. This is our 100th hour. A hundredth hour, so if you hear the champagne bottles popping behind us and the balloons floating all over, it's a myth. But it Listen, is our hundredth hour. <laughs> the sirens. We get those all the time anyway. Our co-host, co-writer, Pat Picciarelli. Good evening, everybody. And Megan looks a lot older now after a hundred hours. Megan <laughs> or our millennium. Well, she aged well. Are you are still on millennium now that we're it's a hundred hours? <laughs> or do you become something else now? <laughs> I stay the same. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna dedicate this show to all of you that got us through a hundred hours. And we are so grateful for your support and the ongoing emails, and, and now you're, you're also giving us, um, what, what, are they, what are they doing? They're giving us uh, reviews. Good reviews, yes. Good reviews, too. Yes. So this show is dedicated to you, and you'll find out as we proceed through the show exactly what we mean. Yeah. So let's well, proceed. I'm going to start with that, if you want me to. Please. And Okay. Well, you know, over the uh, last 100 episodes, we've had a lot of uh, email questions. I've personally had people contacting me. Our friendships have developed, and two people who stand out for me anyway. Uh, one is Ron Camacho. He's the chief of police of the Chambersburg PA. Very bright guy, many years in uh, law enforcement. And uh, we've, we've been trading texts and a uh, couple of phone calls back and forth. Very supportive of the show. He sent me some stuff. He uh, charged for my boys uh, representing the Chambersburg PD. Very bright guy. And uh, a woman named Jeannie Raymond from Utah. We have, we have listeners in Utah. I love it. Do you think maybe she's the only one? Well, I, I don't, don't think so. I'm, my good friend, Senator Orrin Hatch, listens. There you go. Okay, but we so, have So we have two, at least. Uh, Jeannie has asked this question from time to time. And uh, I've been in touch with her, and she's a very nice person. Just give, give a shout-out to those two people. Very loyal listeners, and we appreciate it. And we definitely do. We appreciate all our listeners, and we need more. So you got some work to do, girls and boys and ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. And, Megan, what do you have to say on our 100th anniversary? <laughs> Well, I'm very happy to be here, first of all, for 100 hours of this. It's been an incredible experience. Um, but I want to give a special shout out to our technical producer, Mike Austin, who creates all of our visuals, our logos, website. He does all of our editing. So we really have, we owe a lot to him. So shout out to Mike Austin from XMLA. 
I have a great history with Mike. Over 20 years, he's been involved in every project I've done. He is a genius, and we do appreciate you, Mike. Unfortunately, Pat hasn't met you physically yet. Oh, no, no, no has Megan, actually. We're, 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 we're in this Zoom, no. Zoom age. <laughs> well, we, you know, we uh, speak a lot, and we see each other. Yeah, right. It's the next best thing to being there, right? Oh, yeah. It's, 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 I just miss having my little snack at the end of the show with Megan, but... Uh, She'll be back into the studio soon, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe this is easy for everybody. <laughs> they, they, uh, they, uh, yeah, who knows at this point? Yeah, they locked down Pennsylvania today. Uh, I don't think I'm going anywhere for a while. I tell you, it's it's getting scary out there. Oh, no, I didn't even hear about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's keep this upbeat. Uh, yeah, let's keep crazy. it positive. Uh, who, who, who do you have to thank uh, in addition to the, the everybody who's listened to us? Do you, have you singled anyone out? Me? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm appreciative to anybody who listens to me because I'm 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 always out there. I'm I'm appreciative to like uh, a Patrick Bed David that brought more attention to us over a million views. Uh, Valid TV. I just finished my second show, and he said that our exposure on that, which I mention all the time, Hollywood Godfather podcast, just hit over five million views, and that's why he had me back on, and. Uh, so many other, even supportive, other little networks that we've been involved with, and radio shows. It's it's been a great hundred hours, and and it's really expanded our presence in so many different facets of the business and mediums. So it's uh, we've I'm very grateful to everybody. I'm I'm grateful to be here. You know, I, yeah, I, I'm approaching my. Uh, in fact, I approached my, according to this calendar my 78th birthday two weeks ago so uh, I'm happy <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned um, Patrick but David who was our first guest that we had our first special guest on the show and we've had many more since then um, from all you know different walks of life and that's been really great to include those people too so I guess we'll see who we'll have in the next hundred episodes <laughs> oh yeah I'm, I got my feelers out uh, I'm, I'm, we're, we're all very blessed because of, uh, and I could say this, because the deal has been inked. Our book that Pat amazingly wrote has gotten the attention as far as China, and uh, we are totally financed for 10 one hours of Hollywood Godfather the TV series or whatever they call it now, Netflix or whatever series it is. But we have 10 one hours and uh, we're going into pre-production and that will be so many different guest stars that will graciously come on the podcast or we may even do it from the set sometimes just to make it even more interesting. But I have to thank Jules Nasso who's coming on as executive producer and uh, Nick Vallelongo, who we spoke about and has been on the show, who wrote Green Book and has two Oscars to credit that fa fabulous movie. So he wrote the pilot script. He will be directing the pilot script. And um, so it's really it's been an exciting week for all of us. And it's just going to go further and further because of our expansion now going to the mediums, and we've been picked up 
by media set, which is a Berlusconi company, all through Europe. So we'll be aired on Rai 1 and Rai 2 television over there and Telemundo because he owns a piece of that. So we're getting to be global with Hollywood Godfather, My Life in the Movie and the Mob as a 10-hour series. So that's... Looking forward to this, buddy. No, yeah, I, mean, I'm, I just realized, and we're doing this on our 100th anniversary of the podcast. That's amazing. Well, perfect time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. When we talk about guests at the risk of getting ourselves in trouble, uh, do you feel like you have a favorite guest out of all the guests we've had? Can you think of any one off the top of your head that stands out to you? Not that they're better than anybody else, but one that's, that stands out to you. Well, we had a lot of fun recently with Paul Lanka, which I, I think we will call on again. And, uh, you know, there's a couple that uh, you and I spoke about, and, and Megan, that really brought us into different highlights of uh, and different facets of what we talk about all the time. And I think he was one that, maybe just because he's, you know, recent and I'm old and my memory span is getting short. <laughs> hey, just as long as you're able to find a studio every uh, Monday night, you're good. How about you, Megan? Does anybody stand out to you? A few do, if I had to choose. I loved Tom Drayson. Yeah, I was going to pick him. Um, Sean Atwood was fascinating. And then I think Carol Gino was another one of, of my favorites. I felt we chatted a lot. I felt very personally connected with her. I liked her a lot. Yeah, yeah she like, was she was good. I like the people that you just mentioned, Megan, but I also like Mike Russell. Who, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, he, he always makes me laugh. I mean, the, the guy has led such an interesting life and... You get him on an interview, and he is who he is. I mean, the guy uh, says anything he wants. He's, he's he's funny without realizing it. He's down to earth, and I I, I really like Mike. He's a good guy. But he stands out to me in addition to Tom. I really like Tom. Very good. Uh, Absolutely. Very good interview. Yeah. Well, we definitely want to thank, um, especially our listeners who have sent in questions and have interacted with us and sent us sweet emails and comments and reviews. Um, so we want to highlight some, you know, all-star questions that we've had over these past hundred episodes. So we're going to get into a couple of those. Short, you either don't remember the answers or you haven't heard them. Um, so we'll get into those. But before we do that, we're going to stop for a quick commercial break. I love we we have sponsors now too. We'll be right back. Only thirty seconds. Don't go anywhere. I'll I'll come looking for you. You know where you live. Today's show is being sponsored by Corleone Fine Italian Food Products. This sponsor really means a lot to me. Corleone Fine Italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy, Genco extra virgin olive oil from Sicily. They created delicious pasta sauces, marinade, tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. CorleoneFineItalian.com. That's CorleoneFineItalian.com. We're back. All right. Let Mike know we're back. <laughs> we are miss- back. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into some of the questions that have been um, 
brought up over our last 100 episodes. So first one was from episode 57. This one was from Ellen. I think it's a special one as it pertains to the movie that everybody loves. Ellen says, Gianni, what is your best memory on the set of The Godfather? Wow. Well, I think my experience with Marlon Brando, I've heard so many crazy stories as we all had. And I was a 26-year-old novice actor, never been on a set before. And he really was so special to me after he realized I had no training and never been on a set before. He made it his business to go over my lines and give me great tips as an actor. And uh, like the one that I speak about most of the time is he said, when Pacino, Michael, the character, hands you the airline ticket, now, you already read the script. You already know you're dying. How are you not going to telegraph to the whole world that you know what the end is? I said, I don't know. He said, I want you to look at that airline ticket. You want to make sure there's a ticket so you hope you're really getting out of there. And all of those nuances that I would never know, he taught me them. So I would think out of everybody in my whole experience, and then we went on to have a career until he, I mean a career, a friendship, till he died. And then we also did The Freshman, which I had a lot of fun with him doing, recreating Marlon Brando. So I would have to say that that's a great question, and I'm glad she, we are reflecting on it again. But Brando, wherever you are, thank you. Said. All right, good one. All right, next one was featured in episode 50. This one was from Lisa. Lisa said, aside from Carlo, Gianni, who is your favorite character you have ever played? Wow, good question. I did a movie, believe it or not, for Tom Selleck and his wife. Uh, I don't remember the name. It was a movie of the week. And I was playing with a guy that I, I, I got to know, and uh, James Colburn, because I've seen him as a, as a, a young actor doing his type of Bond stuff. And we did a, a movie of the week, and we opened it. He was a priest, and he was assisting at a wedding in a cathedral. And I went in as a woman, a wedding guest with the hat and the veil, and we were all there to assassinate the same person. <laughs> and I wound up throwing him through a stained glass window which I made the sign of the cross of, but it was a fake one because it was a great religious scene. And here he goes through the window, and that's how the movie opens. So it was a great, a great. I, I have to find out the title of it. But playing that scene with him was, was a great experience for me. All right, next one was from episode 52 from Leo. Leo said, when you were in it at the time, did you foresee The Godfather being as successful and timeless as it was and still is today? You know, my, my ego then was as big as it is now. I was just happy to be in the movie, not knowing if it was going to come out or not. They were always threatening Francis, they're going to fire him. Because he fought for Al Pacino to be on the set and to play Michael. And... The, he already had James Caan to play Michael. 
And when he picked Pacino, they never heard of him. They thought he was too weak. He wasn't this brawny guy that they saw Michael turning into. And the first time they saw Michael was in his army uniform at my wedding and explaining to Kay, these are my father's life. It's not my life. And when they saw those dailies, they were ready to pull the plug. They said, this guy can never become Michael Corleone. Only to prove to you, that's how brilliant Coppola was and, and seeing where this character can go. And I think the subtleness of Michael growing into this monster really made the film. Yeah, he. I mean, you know, in, in, in any drama, in any book, in any TV show, whatever it is, the main character has to change, and nobody has ever changed in the history of film as much as Al Pacino in that part. What a great, great role. Yeah, even the transition, too, where I, I never thought I would see it, and it was... It was, uh, Opal was called out on it actually too, because when Michael kills his own brother, I mean, that's, that's strong Locosa Nostra. We, we know that they're vowed to do that, that their only family is that. But that was a great message, I think, of him doing that and the way he did it. It was amazing to me. So hats off to that. Yes, sir. All right. Next one was from episode 14, early on, from Tony. Tony asked, what type of relationship did Nancy Reagan have with Frank Sinatra? I heard very intimate. You know, Frank Frank is a, 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 was a dirty dog. And uh, I think it was his situation. And I don't know who the other one was. But he said to me, in fact, we, we, uh, Pat and I are very happy to announce that we've been asked to do another book, and it's called Sinatra, Me and the Mob. And supposedly, if I use my imagination, I think the second first lady Sinatra had his way with in the White House was Jackie first, and Nancy for some reason. I don't know why he would want to, but it was just a thing, I guess, for him. He must have had a lot of drinks. Well, yeah, especially her, because I, I mean, I had no attraction to her whatsoever, even just as being a person. She was a nasty old lady. Power thing too, you know. First, she lady, was just you know. a nasty lady. That's who. Yeah. The first lady, and yeah. that captures something if you look in the score, you know. Well, I yeah. guess the fact that she was first lady of California first, being the governor's wife. And that, maybe it's another notch on his gun. Who knows? All right. Next one was from episode 61 from Chuck. Chuck said, Patrick, how many books have you co-written with celebrities or public figures like Gianni? Has Hollywood Godfather been the most successful? If so, could you foresee that happening before it was released? Well, it's all according how you define celebrity. Uh, if you define celebrity... Uh, the way most people do, uh, actors, people that are in the in the uh, public eye, then Gianni would be the only celebrity. Uh, there's <laughs> people that I co-wrote books with that are well-known in their field, not necessarily have celebrity status. Did I foresee this book being as big as it is? I knew it was going to sell because of who Gianni is and uh, The Godfather, but I never truthfully envisioned 
that this book would be as big as it is. I mean, it's a year and a half out of the gate and the sales have not let up. Even our agent who's been in this business for 40 years, he can't believe it. What about you, Johnny? What do you think? Well, I never wrote a book before. And uh, I, 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 me, once you and I started working, I've told my story at dinner parties and for decades. And people said, always said to me, you should write a book. You should write a book. And finally we did. So, I mean, again, not knowing the literary world and how, you know, congested it is, I'm surprised myself that it's doing so well. There are 600,000 books published every year, not counting textbooks. And we're way up there, my friend. I mean, yeah. this thing, uh, uh, in fact, the next uh, uh, royalty segment should be coming up pretty soon. Uh, it, it just hasn't stopped selling. I mean, uh, you know, and, and it's all because of you. I mean, if I wrote uh, a book, a, a similar book, if you can even imagine that, as somebody who wasn't as uh, well known, uh, that that wouldn't have happened. So obviously that that played a huge part. But really, I never, uh, and it just opened so many doors for me. I mean, uh, people are calling me constantly, you know, uh, do this, do that, help me with this. Well, it's that. interesting that you're saying that because even with myself, the book has done a lot for me. So many higher high up people in our industry has read the book. I mean, yeah. just for instance, we made a deal for a 10-hour television on a book that's out 20 months. Those deals normally take... Well, I remember when De Niro bought The Irishman in 2004. It yeah, took him 10 yeah. years to get that made. Yeah. But, I mean, so... I, I'm, you know, I walk down the street now and not because of The Godfather. People say, man, I read your book. I read your book. Thank God I was on the cover, because if I wasn't on the cover, nobody would be saying anything to me. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, to this day, and it's, 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 it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's, uh, well, I hope it does for all of us. And, it's a great uh, run. That great run. And I think our next book is going to be even better now, because we have a following. And what that's, the prob that's, that's the problem, if you can call it a problem. When your first book does so well, you have to top it with the second one. Yeah, but I think with the, with opening my vault of all my... I mean, oh, this yeah. next book, as you already witnessed of some of the research... Oh, yeah. The names and the people are bigger than the first book. Well, the fact that everybody thinks that they know everything there is to know about Frank Sinatra... It's a fallacy. I mean, I just got, uh, you know, they helped me with the research and to, to uh, realize what the scope is already out there. I bought Kitty Kelly's book, which is a 700-page unauthorized biography of Frank Sinatra. And I think, well, everything is in there. What the hell are we going to do? But no, it's not. Everything that we have spoken about, we have, for the, the sake of the audience uh, who doesn't know the process, we're in the process of outlining chapters now. And we've gotten through nine of a, uh, uh, a possibly 12 or 13 chapters. None of that is in Kitty Kelly's book. And she believes wow. yeah. extremely no. thorough. She knows what this guy ate for breakfast when he was 14. 
Oh, she was a, she was a thorn in his side for a long time because when that book came out, I was very close to Sinatra, spending a lot of time. I mean, he used to close every show. Cursing her out. <laughs> cursing her out. Every nightclub show. <laughs> I tell but, you, you know, she interviewed something like four or 500 people for that book over the course of three years. Uh, you know, as, as much as he, he, when he was around, bitch and complained, everybody else she wrote about. She is famous for writing tell-all unauthorized books. Right. He bitched and complained. No one ever sued her because they couldn't. They lose. What's the point? Right. No, I, th I think that, you know, and we should mention the name of it because we're proud of that also. It's Sinatra, The Mob, and Me. So look for that book. And if we have our wish, it'll be out for next Christmas for sale. Well, maybe sooner. Who knows? Right. So it's up to the publisher. So we'll see. Generally, it's 18 months. But uh, that's not etched in stone. Usually, books of, of this type where somebody is known, now we have two people that are known, Sinatra and you, they generally want these types of books out around the holidays. Uh, and if that wasn't the case, if we were just writing a book, we wouldn't see this in print until 2022. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, my right, darling. Before we... Okay, I'm sorry. What was that? No, no. Before we get into the next question, we're going to stop for another short little commercial break. I love it. We'll be right back. Our second sponsor tonight is very close to me personally because you know how I love to dress. La Cosa Mia will be coming soon. This is just a teaser. Each week we'll be bringing you more ways to get in touch once their website is up. This line of clothing is from all over the world and I'm sure you'll want to wear it. What a great way to start the hundredth show, though. I think because of well, letting you know, know we got well, commercials. We should, uh, uh, perhaps we should ask each other what our favorite episode was. It give you some time to think about that. Oof, that's tough. Favorite episode. Jesus. I do. Let's let's leave that for the end. Okay. Okay. All right, Johnny. Whenever you're ready, get back into it. Okay, we're right back. Here we are. I told you it'll only be thirty seconds. Uh, you uh, leave the refrigerator. Get back here. Sit down. All right, we're ready to go. <laughs> All right. This next question was from episode forty-eight from Gus. Gus asked Gianni, "Was Sonny Corleone based on anyone in particular?" Sonny Corleone was based on any hothead Italian wannabe kid. That's who he is, and that's who he was, and he did a great job. Acting like an asshole like most of them do. <laughs> Perhaps he was typecast. What do you think? There you go. Oh, I think he was. <laughs> for the Jewish mob. There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. I I'm in trouble now. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Next was from episode 55 from Barbara. Barbara said, Gianni, I can't imagine the answer to be yes, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Has there ever been an instance where you have been starstruck? She's right. Nope. <laughs> How about the first time you met Ronald Reagan? Are you kidding me? I don't know. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I never liked his acting. Not all on anything else. But I, you know, I, you know, it's, I've been asked that because people, when I walked into the rehearsal at Patsy's, you know, I was looking at, you know, 
They already the, already the greats, John Morley, you know, Sterling Hayden, Richard Conti, Marlon Brando. If I was going to be intimidated, it would have been that day. And I said, you know what? They're no better than me. Let's go. Good attitude. Otherwise, uh, I probably would have been thrown out of there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Next one was from Fifteen Three from Marion. Marion said, Gianni, it seems to me that you are a rather fearless man. If you could name your biggest fear, what would it be? My biggest fear is rats. I don't like rats. Well, you're living in a room. <laughs> no, but I'm talking about two-legged ones and four-legged ones. Okay. <laughs> I saw an article online yesterday about the rat infestation in Manhattan. Oh, my God. On this page three of the Daily News, you always hear the expression, a rat as big as a cat. Well, this rat was as big as a cat. It couldn't fit. No. It oh, no, they're big. Down sewer Fat. They're big here. Well, the restaurants are closed, and there's still garbage on the streets, and they're trying to forage. They're coming out of wherever they're coming out of. Yeah. Do you know what section it was? Pardon me? Do you know what section it was of the city? West side, midtown, mostly, but all over. You know, the, the huge rats. Yeah. Fearless, too. They don't care who you are. There was a guy there trying to beat three or four uh, off with a, with a broom. And they were coming right at him. They didn't care. They wanted to eat him. That's why. They're starving. Exactly. Hey, fresh meat, right? They're starving. Oh. Yeah. Oof. Take Awful. a back. All right. All right. Next one was from 54 from Artie. Already said, Pat, what was your most rewarding case as a private investigator? Your silliest case? My most rewarding case, uh, without mentioning uh, names, of course, because some of these clients are still active clients. I had a runaway. uh, This is the first one that springs to mind. I've had quite a few rewarding cases, but uh, the, the police couldn't find this girl. Nobody could find her. Uh, they lived around here, and I found her in a small town in uh, California. Ask me how I did that. How'd you do that, Pat? <laughs> you should ask. Uh, I pinged her phone. Uh, n- no one goes without a cell phone. And no I- one did that before? No one did that. Nope. They wow. figured she, she, she was with the local police, thought she was hanging around the area with her friends. She'll turn up. Nobody wants to really do anything. If there's a any, any hint of uh, perhaps an abduction or violence, that's a different story. But this kid had ran away before. Oh, okay. And uh, so they, they they just gave it a, a half-assed job, and they figured. But you know, the parents were a different story, and they came to me, and that's how I got her. I pinged the phone. Now, if she would have been in a large metropolitan area, that wouldn't have done me much good because a ping is good. What 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 a ping is is Always in contact with a cell tower if you have a cell phone, unless you're in the middle of the high desert in Nevada somewhere. But if you're in a fairly decent area where there's a lot of cell phone towers, you're somewhere around that tower, which can be anywhere within a three-mile radius. So if you're in the heart of Los Angeles, you know I can I can pin you down. You're there. I try to find somebody in downtown L.A. Yeah, a small town in California. She was easy, easy to find. Wow. That was my most rewarding. Well, that's great. I'm glad for the, I've had others. Glad I had for their parents. Uh, I, I had a kid that was abducted by his stepfather that wound up uh, being in uh, Istanbul, Turkey. 
We got the kid back. Uh, it wasn't easy. It was recounted in my first book, uh, Jimmy the Wag Street Stories of a Private Eye. The kid comes back, and you remember Senator Alphonse D'Amato? Oh, yeah, of course. Well, uh, you know, this was a fairly big case, and somebody had told the press that we were coming back with this kid, and uh, he was the senator, uh, the New York State uh, uh, senator at the time, and, of course, they want photo ops. So he's there, and it makes it appear that he was the guy that got the kid back. Oh, wow. Deal with over there. But anyway, we bring the kid back, it's off the plane, and some of Al's, Senator D'Amato's people, grabbed the kid for Al to hold the kid. It was a whole bunch of photographers there. The kid was about six years old at the time, bites him on the nose. I love it. I loved it. It, it was worth everything we went through. Just <laughs> I didn't make the six o'clock news though. Well, because the kid was afraid. But yeah. who's this guy now? <laughs> Pardon me? No, I'm saying he bit him because he's probably saying, "Who's this guy now?" <laughs> well, no, you know, I think what I what I wanted to think was that this kid had media savvy. Yeah, right. He's only six, and he said, "Al D'Amato, I seem to have read in the Times that he's a blowhard. I'm going to bite him on the nose." <laughs> That's what he did. Freaking hilarious. That is funny. <clears throat> But anyway, yeah, finding kids or any cases to do with kids, if it's successful, it makes you feel like you did good. Now, with this type of person that we found in California, I can almost guarantee that two weeks later she took off again. Uh, but not as far as she went. I don't know how the hell she got out there. But wow. Good. Next. All right, next was from episode 78 from George. George said, Gianni, I'm so fascinated by your relationship with Marilyn Monroe. What was the thing that surprised you most about her, and what do you miss the most? She's just a great person, a humble person. You would think, by the time I met her, I mean, you know, her stardom was world-known, but she was just a genuine, lonely girl, wanted a hug, and wanted to be around someone like me who experienced some hardship as a young person. And I think if I was a celebrity or if I was in The Godfather, spin forward 10 years, she would have nothing to do with me. I think it was the both of us just, we understood each other immediately. And it was a great time for four years. And I miss her all the time. I mean, she's just was a good, good friend. All right. Next one was from episode 49. And this is about a topic that we had a few episodes on, I believe. Um, this one was from Lee. Lee says, the Irishman insults anyone who has read more than a couple books on Hoffa. With as much detail as you can, please give us your take on the disappearance. I believe the cremation part happened. Well, I know that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I know that with the abduction and he wound up on Staten Island, but he was already... Uh, was breathing carbon monoxide, and I don't think he was coherent. And uh, that's all I want to say about that, because that's still an open case. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's definitely not, at the, as they always say, he's under some football field in New Jersey, or he's here and there and everywhere. I think the FBI leaves that case open just so every once in a while they could report a farmhouse, and they, they get a budget to go out there and dig for the 
up two well, months. Every couple of years, they, they come up with, now we really know where he is. I know. That's, that's so crazy. Yeah. And the guy's not there. Yeah. It's, it's funny. He's not going to be found. FBI, back off. Yeah. That's all I could say about that. All right. Next was from episode 70 from Jen. Jen says, Johnny and Pat, it seemed as though you lived very full lives, even though you still have much more in you, obviously. How would you say both of you had have changed over the years? Go, Pat. I, okay. I, I've gotten much more tolerant and a lot calmer. Nothing. I can't say nothing. Uh, I'm, I'm very hard to upset. And even when I do get angry, I say to myself, self, don't raise your voice. Don't get crazy. Just handle the situation. 30 years ago, I, I, have a, I had a lot hotter temper and got myself in trouble for it a couple of times. But that's, that's what I think. I, I don't like to use the term mellowed with age. But yeah, I mellowed with age. What about you? <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know... I've been asked that question before. I don't think I changed yet of anything. I just keep going. I do what I want to do. And it's been my energy level. I've been commented on by so many times. I, I don't see a change. I'm sure other people do. But I'm, I'm right now I'm running seven com countries. I'm countries. Companies. And uh, just, uh, that's a, that's a Freudian slip right there. Yeah, hello. <laughs> I, think, I think you want to go into politics. That's no, 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 not me. I was always told you don't want to be president because they're prone to be killed. And then I and then I and then I got involved in one. I said the guy's right. Anyway, no, I'm very happy with my life. Just opportunities come up for me, and I take advantage of them. And I've been that way since I'm selling ballpoint pens at 12 years old. So, Gianni, maybe maybe the only way you've changed is that now you're able to talk about more, seeing as a lot of people have since <laughs> left us. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I mean, I'm still very cognizant of the fact that, you know, statutes of limitation and there's still law enforcement out there. I mean, my younger years, I didn't change. The technology did. And maybe that changed me because, you know, with bugs and sophistication of cameras and everything about it i mean i wouldn't jaywalk now or you know forget about it no. you know i got a friend of mine who uh shall go unnamed uh but has a lot of law enforcement scrutiny and uh he has email we all have email naturally but anytime somebody sends an email he has three responses yes no and see me yep <laughs> that's like a lot of my friends yeah, they, they, they text message me the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, see me. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. All right. Next one is from episode 73 from Joseph. Gianni and Patrick, in your opinion, who do you think was the most ruthless mobster in the world? In the world? Ruthless? Ruthless. That's how you define mobster. But if you talk about organized crime, regular organized crime, I would say it's a, I'll go with Albert Anastasia or Carmine Galante. How about Roy DeMeo? Roy DeMeo, <laughs> he goes to the top of the list. He goes right up there. No, Ruth, when you're saying ruthless, I'm picturing masochistic, masochistic, and apparently, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of them, but 
he he was known for uh, two or three hundred, not only killing them but dismembering them. Well, I, I guess what the, uh, the the writer is referring to is a total disregard for human life, period. And that's right. Roy DeMario. You're right. That was Roy DeMario. He didn't. He was a good family man, I understand. Yeah. The people he didn't murder was his family. Everybody else was up for grabs. This guy was. He, he'd kill anybody. Right. See him, but even Albert Anastasia, he, you know, that they they were contracts. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was cold blooded killer, but yeah, well, that was, yeah. Yeah, I think if if we're defining the word ruthless, I'd have to say Roy DeMeo. Castle too, Anthony Castle. Oh yeah, yeah. If he even thought that you may one day talk to the police, he'd kill you. Yep. Wow. Well, well, he he introduced something that was new, basically, to the mob in America. In Europe, they used explosives a lot, yeah. but gas pipes started doing a lot of explosions. Yeah. yeah. Now I don't know how we know all this stuff to our listeners. I, you know, I don't know. Where I talk like that. I knew all this stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. Hey, we all have our hobbies, right? <laughs> All right, next one was featured in episode 81 from Dennis. Patrick, what was the experience like collaborating with Gianni on Hollywood Godfather compared to other people you have written with? Well, I have a rule. You want me to leave the room? (laughs) I I don't get beyond uh, a couple of days, maybe a week collaborating with somebody. And if they're, what's the literary term I'm looking for? If they're assholes, that's the term. Oh, perfect. If, if they're too full of themselves, if they're trying to make their lives something that they're not, that's the important one. I don't care what kind of money is is in, in, the, in the offing. I don't take the book. Gianni told it like it was. He didn't care whether he looked good, looked bad. He told the truth. The man's a pleasure to work with even now. I mean, it's two years after the book's written. He's loyal. As he's going to do something, he does it. As he's going to be somewhere, he's there. I mean, a real pleasure to work with. I look forward to it every. We used to talk, what about four or five times a week, seven thirty every night. Right, right. Those people who are who are late to the show, we wrote this book over the phone. We never met. We didn't meet till the book was written. Yeah, uh, I remember that day. Phone <laughs> with somebody that you don't get along with. Yeah. I mean, even somebody that you do get along with, it's tough. You know, it's uh, yeah, he's he, a real pleasure to work with. I'm not just saying that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And likewise. Okay. I told you all my family secrets, and I never even met you. (laughs) (laughs) And I recorded all of them. I know. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't give you my combinations to my safes. (laughs) Go ahead. All right, well, that's a thank you to everybody who's written in questions to us. Um, we're going to stop for another little commercial break and then come back with some new questions you haven't heard before. Perfect. We'll be right back. Hi, Patrick Picciarelli here. Before we get to our listeners' emails, a quick word about the new fiction book series I've launched. Private investigator Ray Yale tackles his first two cases in Bloodshot Eyes and The Pop Line. Both books are on paperback and are available on Amazon.com. I've been a PI for 30 years, and these books are based on my cases. Enjoy. Okay, we're back for the new mailbag for our 100th show. Now, remember one thing. Everything we're reading tonight may be on our next 
200th hour as and a highlight we should, mailbag. We should, we should reiterate that we don't know what these uh, emails are. We don't read these ahead of time. Oh, no, definitely. No, oh, we like the spontaneous of it. Megan yeah, knows it all. Me. Yeah. She does the just research and picks them out. She, she's, uh, she holds the show together. We're just here. <laughs> she literally does, though. We're, we're saying it in jest, but him and I show up at 10 to 6 on uh, Monday. Improving her value more and more every week. For those of you who uh, aren't aware, we, have, we now have an, uh, a, a newsletter that M Megan has put together, and it's, it's a work of art, if I do say so myself. Yes. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate no, that. No, that was really done well. We spoke Thank about you. it. Thank you. Uh, go to the website and uh, uh, apply for the for the newsletter with your email address, and you will get. It. How often is it put out, Megan? Every week? I'll put it out every week. I'm trying to do it every Monday. Okay, well, that's answer. great. That's Good great. Newsletter. So you thought we Thank were? Thank you. you. You out there in media land, we're serious. She does it all. We just show oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try to help here and there. You but do more than help. I'll forget about it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's get to this new mailbag. New questions. First one is from George. George says, hi, everyone. I love listening to everyone on the podcast and look forward to it every week. Gianni, did you ever have any encounters with John Roberts in Miami? He was one of the cocaine cowboys in the 80s and claims in his book, Meyer Lansky gave him permission to kill his stepson. His story was entertaining, and he had a lot of interactions with the same people you have down in Miami. Thanks for answering, and hope everyone stays safe. My, my, my relationship with Meyer was very secretive. I knew of him, and uh, I, I remember when they bought the Formula One boat company, and the DEA didn't re realize they bought it so they could build faster boats than the Coast Guard and the DEA boats. The only reason he bought it. But, I mean... Uh, he has a fascinating life. I knew uh, Lourdes, his ex-wife, and uh, their son. So I knew him that way, but not in the business. Socially, I happened to realize that that's who the guy was. <laughs> How about this guy, John Roberts? You don't know him? Not at all, no. John, I mean, that must have been the 80s, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, the '80s was the uh, Coke area era of uh, of Miami. Yeah, no, I was I was long gone. Yeah, I was long gone. I was gone in the early '60s. Miami. Yep. Got it. All right. Next one is from Vinny. Vinny says, "Hi, Megan. I actually have a question for you. All you right. said previously that I know, right?" You said previously that you lived in the Arthur Avenue, Little Italy area of the Bronx. Well, I'd like to know, where did Megan buy her cannolis? Was it Madonias? Was it Gino's? How about maybe DeLillo's, Madonias? <laughs> How about your bread? Was it Adeo's, Madonias? He, he names all of them. Um, and what did you or Gianni know about Mr. Perello of Pasquale Rigoletto and what happened with his son? Well, you want to get into that first, Johnny? I know nothing about it. So, being that the question was directed to you, tell him where the guy's son is. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> or try. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I knew that, but I do not have the answers. I was not very in with the uh, community. <laughs> but as to answer your question, um, I did buy cannolis quite often when my parents came to visit. Um, when they came to town, they would love getting them for my brother, bringing them home. And the spot was DeLillo's. 
that was our favorite spot right off right off Arthur Ave. So um, yeah, that was probably my most frequented. As for restaurants and, and stores and things like that, I've probably hit every one on that stretch of road at least once or twice. So I did. I lived there for five years and I loved it. Yeah, the one thing I'm I missed, you and I never went there yet because now the pandemic came. We were going. Oh, I know. As soon as you were going to visit and I was still living there, was, yeah. you know, we were going to meet up. But we can still make a trip Oh, yeah, once, once it's all back to normal, if that ever happens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's hope. All right. Next one is from Shane V. Gianni from the um, the Shane show. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, so he says, hello, Uncle Gianni. Hi, Megan and Patrick. I hope you are doing well. First of all, I want to compliment and congratulate you all on the 100th hour of the show. It is truly both educational and very entertaining. It helps me get through the week. I wish it continued success and cannot wait for the future of it. One question I have for Gianni is, what was it like working on the film Red Dragon, especially since I'm a big fan of both Anthony Hopkins and Edward Norton? Any special stories? Well, I have a, a lot about that because the, the gentleman who directed that and produced that was Brett Ratner. And I had, and he, he was on the show actually. And my relationship with Brett, I met him when he was eight years old and he even mentioned on the show for the longest time he thought I was his father because I kept giving him $100 chips, $200 chips. And he just wanted me to be his father, I think. But uh, it, uh, so every movie he makes, he invites me. I want you to do anything. Come on to set, which is still open, that invitation. And uh, so Anthony Hopkins, I really wanted to meet because of who he was. And then, you know, I, I met several people. And uh, that's how I, and why I did that movie. But I've been blessed because of Brett allowing me to have those privileges. And I want my audiences to know that Shane, who wrote this uh, question to us, we met him. He came to my house. He's not my blood nephew, but I met this kid. He's 16 years old. He reminds me a lot of me, very aggressive. And he called me up on the phone. He says, can I interview you? I'm starting my own show. And I didn't know who he was. I said, yeah, if you're ever in New York, come. Next week, he shows up with his mother, his aunt, his camera crew. So, <laughs> Did you cook? Yeah, I, no, he's a good kid. I've seen him numerous times since then. But uh, he, so I, he, I'm, I'm his honorary uncle. I told him anybody. Right. He had, he got, he got, I'll tell the story. He came here for the Soprano Con, which happens to be a year anniversary. You know, it's coincidence. And some people, I won't mention their name, were shaking the kid down. What? Yep. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll do your show. Give me $500. i will do your show. Give me $1,000. And this kid gave them the money. I said, you should, that, I swear to God. And I, 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 I should name these rats that they are. That's from, a bad precedent to set. I know. It's going to get out. But not only, and these were like B and C class actors that were in the Soprano. And this poor kid, they took advantage of him. He dresses well. And he gave them the money. I almost called up a couple of guys and told them, bring the money back, I'll come after you. What? I mean, rat. The guy was trying to do, you know, whatever. But that's why I'm his uncle. I said, from now on, 
when you get into a conversation, say, you may know my uncle. <laughs> I guaranteed he was never robbed again. <laughs> yeah, Shane's always, Shane's been a very, a very good supporter of ours. He's always very involved in nice, our a nice kid activities. Too. So he, yeah, he's a nice kid. He's going to go places. In fact, I could make the announcement about this. Right. Shane is in the ward scene, I promised him, at Bellevue, because he photographs oh. very young. I won't tell right. you what character yet, but he's in that scene now that we got a director and we're going forward. Just as long as he doesn't play Dolores, we're okay. No, 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 no. He's I not. not. No, he, he needs a bigger bust. Right. <laughs> and, or, and even better than that, he's not playing Harold Gardner either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, thank goodness. Read the book. Yeah. Yeah, right. You'll get the references. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we can start wrapping this up if we wish to. Our 100th episode. I can't believe it. Our 100th episode. You know, I, 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 I let the lady go first. And favorite episode. Yeah, sure. Tell, tell oh, us. my favorite episode. Oh, that's so tough. It's so crazy to think back on when this started. I mean, I know personally, I think I've had quite an evolution since this has started. I remember I was so nervous getting in front of that mic in Gianni's house and hearing myself so crystal clear for the first time. And um, just to be with you guys for 100 episodes of the crate is insane. And it's so hard to think back over all of them and, and choose one. Um, I mean, I always love hearing behind the scenes of films. You know, I, when I came into this, I wasn't the mob expert. Obviously, I am now. But... <laughs> but my favorites have always been behind the scenes of things like like the freshman, I think stood out to me a lot. Um, and having heard stories about that from Gianni before, I was able to contribute a lot. So I would say personally that one stands out to me was the behind the scenes, the making of the freshman is what it was called. That's great. And Pat? For me, it was the Central Park Five episode. Uh, mm -hmm. I uh, I don't. I don't want to go into the case. It's no. my favorite episode. So disturbing. You know what it is, and you're late joining us. You can always go back into the archives. But it was something that bothered me for years. I wanted to get it off my chest to the to our fifty thousand listeners, and that was a while ago. And to this day, I'm getting emails from people I don't know, and some of them are as short as "thank you." Yeah. And others are a lot longer than that. But that, that that's that's going to stick with me. You know, I'm glad I waited because, you know, with me doing the show, which I have so much to reflect on, but like you're pointing out, some of the stuff that we brought out has enlightened so many people who don't know and haven't been as callous as you and I, Pat. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I, I look at it, I'm happy to do the show. I'm happy that we're entertaining people, and we're realizing that by the response we get. So to Not me, only that, uh, I, I think I can speak for the three of us that this makes us feel good. Oh yeah, and that's what I was about to say. So I really, I can't pick one show. I think there's an element in each show that's educating people beyond what we know about them, and making it more curious for you to find out about them on your own. And it's opened so many doors, like Megan pointed out, I don't know if it's a great door for her, but now she knows so much about the mob. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's certainly valuable in its own right. It's so subpoenaed in front of the grand jury. 
No, but the, the yeah. thing, I think the three of us collectively, and even Mike, our engineer, we are really blessed, number one, to have you listening yet for 100 hours. So that in itself is a blessing from you to us, and we're very appreciative of it, and we'd be more mm -hmm. appreciative of it, of you sharing your experiences with friends who haven't listened, and tune in, write a review, and you know we are very humble to you, and, and thank you for giving us our success so far. So, yeah, absolutely. And with that, and I, I want to, oh, sorry, I want to say one more thing oh, before no, we go. Um, you know, we're in our 100th episode, and in this time of, of uncertainty in which we've been living in for, for quite some time now, um, we hope, and I think I can speak for all of us when I say that, we hope that you've been able to find some solace in our, you know, hour a week um, and we really appreciate all of your continued support. So we're here for the next hundred. See, I told you she runs everything. What a great <laughs> way to close. God we'll bless everybody. The end of series right now, but Megan says another hundred. We're going to do another hundred. Yeah, def oh, definitely. She just committed. You all heard her. She's staying for another hundred. All right. Good night, everyone. We love you. Thank you for the last hundred. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, guys. Good night. Love this music. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be wrong. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night. I'll be Welcome to Weinstein's. I love being here, man. It's so much fun.